Amen. Let's just open up with a word of prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, as we get in your word. Your word is helping us. Your word is setting us free. Your word is something that we can lean and rely on. And we just thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that this morning, this morning, that the people at the River Church are moving in and that the direction uh, by which you have called us to move in. And whoo, yeah. Yes, thank you, Father. You are present here right now. Ever, you are present right here in our ever, 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 ooh, she come, ma, 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 ma. Hmm, yeah. yeah. Don't worry about the things that you see. Don't worry about it. Just trust in me, says God, and the more you trust in me, the more you'll know that I am your provider, that I'm going to take care of you, and that I will direct your path. Hmm. Hmm. So slow down, says the Lord. Slow, slow down and be still and know that I am God. This is not to say to, that you are to take it easy and rest, but this is to where you spend your time with me and get to know your, the, my leadings of you for your life. For I have great plans, great, great precious plans for your life. One, greater than what you could have ever imagined. And everybody said, Amen. And... Uh, I'm so glad that you're all here because, you know, every time we get together, how many know God shows up? Amen. How many of you know every time that you've shown up to church, God showed up? How many times have you, ever, you desire to get an answer if you're like, God showed up and gave you the answers that you need? Thank God he, he shows up and gives you the answers that you need. Because there's times in your life where you're going to need answers and you're going to like, well, Lord, how am I going to get my answers? How am I going to get the clarity? Because we all need answers. We, we all, I mean, we don't want to, you don't, when you look up for an answer, when you look in the dictionary for a word, you expect to find the word that you're looking for, unless you made it up off your top of your head. Yeah. But you're, you, what are you doing? You're looking for answers. Yeah. Anytime you open up your Bible, what are you doing? You're looking for answers. Anytime you come to church, you're looking for answers. Yeah. Amen. Right. And there's things that, that, can, uh, that can distract and get away from those answers. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. So let's open our book, the Bibles to uh, the book of Acts chapter 24, verse 16. And we're going to talk about keeping our minds and our hearts clear for the things of God. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Yield, yielding to the knowing of what God has for you and I. Yield to the knowing in the sense that we know what's in God's word and we go with what he told us, told us and how he, how, he, how he instructed us. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And over here in Acts 26 verse 14 says, Then th this being so, I myself always strive to have a... Did I say uh, Acts 24 verse 16? Acts, Acts 24, verse 16, Then being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and men. This is Paul saying this. Which he says, I, I, I strive to have. I strive to have a conscience clear. Or conscience without offense towards God and what? Men. I want to explain something to you as a believer. That striving means a working towards. Striving doesn't mean just sitting still. Striving means I'm going to have to get up. I'm going to have to get up early. I'm going to have to go to church. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to the message that I heard. Because I may have missed something. Striving means I don't just sit around just thinking things ever going to, everything's going to just change for me without, without making changes. And far too often we, we, we expect God to move on our lives with, 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 no, with no effort. 
And that's not how it works. The children of Israel could not, could not expect God to move in their lives without them leaving Egypt. They had to leave Egypt. They, ha- they had to go somewhere other than just stay where they were at. And they had to get out of their comfort zone. So as a believer, when the Lord talks to you about striving to have a conscience without offense, guess what? You're going to have to work to keep offense out of your heart. You're, I mean, it's a work. It's a work because there's things, issues and people or situations or, or things. And, and it sometimes it, it feels like a work because what are you doing? Because the word says you're going to have to strive to keep yourself clear of it. It's sort of like combing your hair daily. You can't leave it out the house without combing it daily. Amen. You really shouldn't leave the house without making your bed, but some folks do that. But they still have to go back to it and face it, right? And something left undone is still left undone even when you come back. And, and, and here's the thing. God wants you to live a, a highly productive life. What does it mean to be productive? It means to show some fruit. To have a life full of fruit in your life. Good. Amen? Yeah. And we don't want to leave this planet without having shown any fruit that, that, that fruits of righteousness, fruits that show that the Lord was on our, on our lives. Yeah. And those children of Israel, they, they lost what they could have had. That one generation lost what they could have just marched in and had right away. And most, most people just still start arguing with God. They'll start, they'll start uh, first they'll argue with what we see in the Bible. First they started to argue with Moses and, and Aaron, uh, but they didn't realize they were arguing with God. Yeah. They'll leave church. I can't believe Pastor Mark has said that, you know, that I, I can have to stay out of fence. Well, who does he think he is? He doesn't know what I've been through. Well, we've all been through stuff. Yeah. We've all been through stuff. We've all, we've all gone through things. And here's the thing, that as long as your mind is, is, is majored on those things, you'll never go very far. And I love the thing that the first thing he says is that to stay without offense towards God. Why, 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 did, why would the first one would have to be with God? Because we have all these expectations of God that can be very unreasonable. We think, well, I go to church three times a year. Isn't that good enough to follow? For, you know, I go to church three times a year. Shouldn't God honor that and, and recognize? No, it's about having a relationship. Amen? Amen. And without having a relationship with the Lord... You'll get offended because then you'll think, oh, God's word don't work all the time. Well, how do you know? Yeah. Th- three, three visits to the gym don't make you an expert on working out. Come on. Ask me. <laughs> Pastor, you don't have those uh, abs, or abs of steel or that, what we used to call buns of steel was that old video. You don't have any of those things. That's right. But because I don't show myself regular to the gym. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's, I, I should say, well, you know, those gyms, all they want is your money. Yeah. You know, they don't want to make your life better. No. No. As long as you don't put an effort into what you're trying to get, get, you know, uh, get anything out of, you, you won't get very much out of it. In other words, if I go to church, but I don't want to, if I don't change, I'll, I won't get very much out of it. So how do I get something out of church? Well, for one, I start dealing with what the things that God told me to, to deal with. And one is to have a clear conscience towards God. Without offense. Expecting him to do something that I myself haven't been able or haven't been willing to, how should I say, step up to. Because yeah. you'll only go as far as, uh, as far as you allow yourself to go. Right. There's, there's no, there, the, like I, you've heard me preach more than one time, there is no glass ceiling with God. That's right. God doesn't set a glass ceiling. He says, you know, this is, this, the life of faith is beyond the ceiling. Uh-huh. It's beyond the ceiling living. Yeah. 
You know, we have people who start coming here and, and they start learning and they, they, we remember what we said, just because you get born again, just because you get saved, doesn't mean you're going to be void of problems. We said, no, what you have is now you have answers. That's right. That's right. So when problems do come, you, you have an answer on how to stand and yes. you know where to go and, and you know how to live. You know how to talk. Right. You know how to talk unto this mountain, be thou removed, right. be on. cast in it. You, you have already, you have an unction from the Holy One yes. and you know all things. That's right. Amen. Do you know that word unction? You know, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. And I'll revisit it again. Okay. Some people were sleeping. You never know. <laughs> you know that word unction? It means you have an anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. In other words, you're anointed to handle some of the problems that are in front of your life. On, don't, don't act like you don't have any answers on the inside of you, particularly when you're, you're planted in the house of the Lord. Right. When you're planted in the house of the Lord, you start getting answers. You start knowing how to address situations. Remember when the, the disciples were sinking? And they looked at Jesus and they started crying. The, the big, the big burly, big fishermen started to cry. Remember that? They started crying, oh, Lord, we're sinking. Oh, Lord, what do we do? And he comes out and he says, storm, be still. Yeah. What happened? The storm was silent. And then he gave him a rousing, motivational speech. He turns to them, why do you have so little faith? Yeah. Not, not, that's, not the, that's not the speech you want to hear sometimes. What does he mean by that? It says he's saying, where's your faith in God? Yeah. Where's your trust in God? You've, you've been trained. Uh -huh. You know what to do when the pressure comes. Yeah. So when the pressure shows up, how do you answer? With your mouth. Yeah. You've heard us talk about these last few weeks. Well, Pastor, why are you mentioning this again? In case you forget. Yeah. It's easy to forget. Especially when you train people to do something. Uh -huh. Amen. Remember what we talked about this last Wednesday? We said, you know, you, you could come to church and you can still make mistakes and you know, you first get born again. You think because you're born again, well, I'm gonna, and, and you're tenderhearted. You're, you're in love with Jesus. And, and next thing you know, you're, you're born again. And next thing you know, you, you curse. You say a bad word. But, but yet you love everybody in the church. And next thing you know, you've had, you've had problems with cursing. You've had a trouble with lying. You've had a trouble with drinking. And then what are the things that are still trying to hold on to you? The cursing, the drinking, and the lying. Yeah. Come on. So there's an old you that's still there. Well, what's going on? That means just because your spirit's new to God doesn't mean that your mind uh, d doesn't need to, re to be renewed. Right. Your mind needs to be renewed. Yeah. What does it mean to have a renewed mind? It means to change your old way of thinking and adapt to a new way of thinking, yeah. a, new, a, a new way of living. Amen? Right. And that's why we come to church, because what are we doing? We're, 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 we're getting to new ways of thinking. Yeah. New ways of thinking, new ways of talking. Replacing, replacing that old gutter mouth with something sweet and something, something nice. Not always saying what we think. Yes. Being slow to answer. Yeah, come on. Not quick to wrath. You know what I mean? Because some of you, if, you're, if you can be quick-witted and you can say some cutting, if you're a quick-witted person, you say things that are real cutting, are really cutting to other people, you've got to learn to slow it down and, 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 and change the way you talk. Right. Especially when you're used to, you, you, there's no filter for it. You just, the gate's open and you're just so quick with it and you just want, and it's always funny what you say, but it's mean. <laughs> and everybody laughs, they laugh, that nervous, and people ain't agreeing with it, that's funny, but boy, that's, you shouldn't be saying stuff like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Just because people laugh doesn't mean make, make it right. I don't know why I'm going off on that. Some people, people need it. Maybe you needed that. Maybe that's why we all came to church today. Just for you. Just, it was just for you. So open our Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Because the, the Word of God always works. 
Amen. The word, no matter where you're at, the word of God works. Yeah. Say the word of God, word of God. works word. in my life. my life. The more I do it, the more it works. The more it works, the more I want to do it. I'll tell you what, you let that start coming out and you start to let that resonate on the inside of your heart, the more things you'll start things happening. Yeah. And every time Pastor Marcus talks, I get the word. I get, I get revelation. I get knowledge. Yeah. You know? Good. Say, I'm strong. I'm, strong. I'm good, looking. good looking. I'm successful. successful. I have the word inside me. It's been planted in me. It will grow. It will produce. Amen. And over here in Luke chapter 8, Jesus is talking about the, how the sower sowed the, sow the word. And he talks about the different, uh, different types of uh, uh, so, soil. He talks about four different types of soil. Yeah. Well, Pastor Marcus, you've preached on this before. Well, it begs, be, it, it begs to be repeated. Amen. Yeah. Because what are we doing? We're, we're, watching, we're watching the garden. Yeah. What garden? The one that's called our heart. Yeah. Our right. spirit man. Yeah. Our spirit man is the true you. It's the one that's always talking to you to, to not say this or not do this or, you know, trust God more or, or, or whatever you've been feeding, you know. And sometimes when you get born again and you do the wrong thing, this is a funny thing. When you get born again, you, you get saved, you get born again, and all of a sudden your, mind, your, your heart is no longer pleased with the old way of living. You start, you, you let a cuss word come out, you feel bad. I can't believe I cussed. I just got born again. I just got, came out of church and I just, just done let one fly. And you know what? The, the reason why you're grieving is because you have a new man in control. Right. And he's trying to say, we ain't doing that no more. Right. He's saying, we've got, we've got, we're under new ownership. We're under new, under new ownership, new management. I ain't talking this way. I ain't living this way anymore. I know where I came from. I know, I remember the hurt. I remember the pain. I remember, you know, it's like the thing about the Egyptians. They, they didn't remember anything about it. Yeah. They just left Egypt slaves. They left beatings. They left, yeah. they left, they left being owned. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to want to go back to, to, to slavery? To go back to the world? To go back to darkness? To go back to not knowing what God is doing? And they were offended with Moses and then got offended with God. And you brought us here to kill us? To bury us out of it because there's no graves in Egypt. Isn't that what the Bible said? That's what they said. But no, God isn't wanting to do that. He's wanting to bring you into a place of promise. That's right. Come on. A place of goodness. Right. A place where you can just trust him. Yeah. And so he gives you his word. And he tells you that there's four areas in your life. Four areas. Because, you know, and not, and not everybody who comes to church hears. There's some, you know, like we've heard it say, and we're going to get into this a little bit, but let's just, before we go too far, let's just read in, in uh, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 5. <clears throat> a sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed, and some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and, and, and soon it sprang up and withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among the thorns. And the thorn sprang up, and it choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and it yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Come on. He said, Those who have ears to hear, hear. That's why it's important when you come to church, you say, I'm going to hear today. I ain't going to get distracted. I remember a couple weeks ago, Pastor Molina just let, let, sleep out, uh, let slip out a certain restaurant out of her mouth. And next, you know, we were we were in the drive-through getting that food. 
Because then I said, oh, I could, oh, I could think about, all I could think about was those biscuits, you know. <laughs> I ain't going to mention the food number because everybody's mind is going to go to the food. And, and you're going to get distracted with that. So here's the thing. We, we can't afford to get distracted, amen. Yeah. You, you and I, we've, we've got to stay on top of some things. And so this parable, this seed of the word, those who fall by the way are the ones who hear. The Bible says, then the devil comes to take away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved, right? I want to, tell, I want to say something about this, because there's, there's a lot going on here. The wayside is a person who is not in position to receive. Their life is not in the place to receive. They're not, they're not planted like they should be in the house of God. They're showing up when they want to show up. They're there when they want to be there. Like we said, the old traditional way, you know, uh, Christmas, big, uh, Easter. I like to say Easter's. <laughs> Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, um, funerals. The only time they ever come to church. Not recognizing that this is, this is, this is a lifestyle by the wayside. And this wayside, way, this wayside of living is going to cause harm. It is not going to help. In fact, it will it'll leave you very unproductive. Amen. And here's the thing by wayside living. It, it's not honorable. It's not honorable living on the wayside. Because what you're doing is you're not esteeming. You're not holding it of, of, of with you're holding it with very little importance. When you don't honor the word of God, it allows an open door for the enemy to work in your in your in your life. And you don't want to ever be uh, get in a position where you're not honoring God. Well, I honor God. I can be anywhere and honor God. No, you can't. Not be a believer. Well, you can't just believe however you want to believe and be a believer. I can't just believe whatever I want to believe and be a believer. Um, a while ago, uh, you know, I, 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 Pastor Nancy, she's a woman preacher. And someone said, you know, women preachers, women shouldn't be preaching. And I said, well, I disagree with that because there's enough in the word. It shows that women can preach. There's too much in the word. And uh, the person says, well, I believe the full counsel of God. And then I showed them the scriptures and I said, and I explained some things and they still wanted to debate it. And, and I said, well, 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 I see that, but you can't change the way I believe. I go, I'm not trying to change. It. I'm just telling you, this is what the scripture says. You don't have a choice. If you're a Christian, you have no choice to believe what you want to believe. You have to believe what the word says. You, you don't have free reign or free right to believe whatever you want to. Well, I'm an American. That, well, that's right. You're an American. But that doesn't make you free just to do whatever you want to do. There's a, there's a prison full of people who just do, who do whatever they want to do. If you want to join that group, you can, you're free to join that group. But you lose your freedom. Right? And so here's the thing. If you're a Christian, you do what the Word tells you to do because there's safety in it. There's safety in the Word of God. There's counsel in the Word of God. We don't debate whether something is real and true and keep debating. Well, I believe the full counsel. Don't lie. Then don't lie. You say you believe the full counsel. You don't believe the full counsel. Because if you believe the full counsel of God, you would believe the things that make you uncomfortable too. You believe the things that don't even make you comfortable. Like tithing. Oh, I believe it. Well, everything but tithing, you know. <laughs> everything but walking in love. Because there's a few people I still want to hate. You know, because you, you're a believer. There's, there's that, that voice on the inside of you scratch. It says, no, don't think that way. No, don't live that way. Don't do that thing anymore. You know what? Why? Because you have some, you have the Holy Spirit now living inside you. Yeah. He's saying, don't do that anymore. And wayside living just says, I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live however I want to live. Yeah. And wayside living produces no fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Fruitless. Fruitless. 
And you don't want to be a fruitless believer. You don't want to be a fruity believer either. Or a nutty believer. You want to be balanced. You want to know the word correctly and accurately. And that's why we come to church. So we know what to believe and how to believe accurately. You know, pastor, I could blow it. But if you have enough word in you and you go, oh, well, he said it this way, but I think he and he said it was he was going in this direction. You can you, you have enough. You have enough anointing on the inside of you for God can lead and guide you. Yeah. But the reason why we're here is so that we can stay of one mind, stay of one spirit and enjoy the anointing that God has on this group. Yeah. You know I mean? There's a corporate anointing that's going on. on. Amen. And so we need that as believe. That's why we need one another. That's right. Amen. And notice that when you're on the wayside, the devil can take out what he's given you, what God has given you. He tries to take that word that was sown in your heart. That good word that you received, that God is going to, you know, did you get filled with the Holy Ghost? I remember when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Did you get really filled with the Holy Ghost? Was that real? Are you sure you really got the Holy Ghost? I mean, and, and you experience it. Even I mean, you don't go by what you feel, but maybe you felt something, or maybe you didn't. Are you sure you did that? Are, are you for sure? Are you sure you're healed? That's how the devil works. He always tries to bring some doubt as to what God has already done in your life. Are you sure you're saved? Are you just cussed? Are you sure? Well, I went to church and you start crying, you feel bad. Let me tell you, as long as your heart grieves you, that's how you know the Holy, God, Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. Yeah. Because he's pointing out, yeah, I, I'm telling you, you're wrong. And that's how you, and, and you have love for the people in the church. I'm, you, when you do wrong, you're grieved by it. Come on. You desire to be saved. You desire to go to church. Come on. Non-born again believe, believers don't care if they go to church or not. They don't see any importance in going to church. The non-believing. non-believing yeah. The non I got to make sure I say that clear. The non-believing type don't care if they're in church or not. Yeah. The non-believing the believer says, no, I see the value in it. I see the precious important in it. I see that I've gotten answers. I've seen that my kids are staying safe. I see that my, my kids, I'd rather have my kids, like the doctor used to say, I'd rather see the kids running in the church than running in the street. Right. Amen. Amen? Amen? And so it's important as a believer that we stay on course yeah. and, and not become a wayside a believer. Good. Amen? Amen? Because wayside living doesn't show honor. We need to show respect. But these are the ones that fell on the rock. Those who hear the word, receive it with joy, and they have no root, who believe for a while and a time, in the time of temptation, fall away. Here's the thing. I always look at this, this, this word when it talks about the rock. These are the ones that fell on the rock. These are people who have no foundation other than within themselves. They, they believe with their own methods of believing. They, live, they believe with their offense. They believe with their hurt. They believe with their struggles. Goes, I, I went to the school of hard knocks. They, they believe that they believe more than anything else of, of than what they believe than other than what they hear. And so when they hear the word come in, something that sounds contrary to the way they're living, and then they, they go, wow, that's good, boy. That really helped me, man. And, and, and they'll walk away with that attitude. Oh, man, that really helped me so much. And, but because they don't really have a relationship with the Lord, it's, 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 it's fleeting fancy. It's once, like I, we said earlier, once in a while. Or they'll start coming to church. But because they're so used to operating a certain way the, and they're having a difficult time transitioning, that they get offended. 
and it's hard for the word to grow in themselves because they're not willing to uproot some old ways of thinking. You know, a rock is, is likened to, it's, it's, it's likened to a foundation. Remember what Jesus says, he goes, he goes, I will build my church on a rock. Yeah. Remember that? Jesus says, I will build my church on the rock. Well, you've got some rocks that you've been building on. And offense, hurt, need to be pulled out. The wrong rocks need to be pulled out. Yeah. And the right rock needs to be put in place. Yeah. And sometimes it can be a challenge. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy challenge. Sometimes it can feel like a challenge. Yeah. But, but the more you're around godly friends, in other words, I'm going to go hang out with my friends, but I ain't going to go hang out with them old carnal friends. Because yeah. after church, you know, we're going to go barbecue. And, and yeah, there's going to be some beer. and Yeah, there may be some cussing, but you don't feel right about it. You don't even feel right being there because you know it's not right. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a life that's going in the wrong direction. And the more you're on it, afterwards, you always feel grieved. Like, I can't believe we had these folks over. I mean, they're just, they're, and they're around my kids and they're cussing and their kids are out there cussing and screaming and there's fight going on and there's strife. Or maybe everybody gets along, but then there's the humor and the crude humor in, and there's all this other, other things that they're talking about that is inappropriate. So that when you leave, you just feel like, you feel like someone else's trash can. Why is that? Because you're violating your spirit. And you're not allowing that rock to be your foundation. And it's foundational to let Jesus be your rock to how you live. Good. Amen? Amen. But it didn't say you didn't receive the word with joy. You love coming to church. You love hearing say, get ready, get ready. You've heard, you love when pastor says, come on, we're, you know, there's, there's a cloud and God's going to bring us. Boy, we love hearing that. Yeah. And we should love hearing that. Yeah. But there's more to it. And, and living right is, is, is a small part, is a, is a big part of it. It's, it's right planting. It's right planting. Look at all those beautiful orchards around us right now. They're all in bloom. They can't be very productive if they're just planted however they want to be planted. There is, there is a certain methodology about how they plant crops. Why, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get the best yield for their crop. What are we trying to do? We're trying to get the best yield out of a relationship with God. We don't want to be struggling 20 years, five, three, five, 10, 20 years from now. We don't want to be struggling anymore. We want to get to a place where we're walking in the fullness of God. And we're fully confident. We're fully persuaded. Amen. Amen. No, our foundation is Christ and we're not getting, we're not getting, we're not getting moved just because we see a little rain coming down the, or a little flood. Because yeah. why? Because we're not, we know we're not going to be moved by any of it. Right. Amen. No, no foundational, come on. There are foundational things that will add to your practice with walking with the, thing, with the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? So there's things you're just going to have to learn to get down. Once you get them down you'll, you, and become practiced, you will become better. You will become more proficient when it comes to the things of God. Yeah. You need to have foundational things. You need to have it. Faith doesn't come in having heard once. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. Now, verse 14 is very interesting because for the, these, uh, now, now these are the ones that fell on the, among the thorns. Who, when they heard it, they go out and they are choked with cares, riches, pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Again, remember what we're talking about, maturity and fruitfulness. But notice it says that these are the things that, that, that choke out the word. To keep you, that keep you from uh, uh, being fruitful and, ma and maturing. Amen? Yeah. He says cares. Yeah. 
we focus on cares about our worries, our concerns, about mama, about everybody else. Is, God, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? We care. We were, are, am I going to be healthy? You know, I remember what something she said. You know, she, she, she had someone who lost a baby, and she said, I wasn't sure about the next time. Well, see, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants you to be uncertain. Yeah. He tries to bring that on as a care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you, look, look at the, you can look at the economy. You can look at the gas. And you say, oh, no, and you start caring about the gas prices. I made up my mind. I don't care about what the gas prices are. I don't care. Well, that's not right. I mean, we should care. No, you, you really should not take on the care of it. Because that, that'll violate you. That'll keep you from being uh, from prospering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, stop worrying about the gas prices. Stop worrying about the cost of everything going up. Yeah. Amen. I'm not saying be foolish, but at the same time, don't let that drive your, yeah. your, 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 your happiness, your joy yeah. meter up and down. Come on. I'm not moved by any of those things. I know those things. I don't go to sleep at night worrying about the gas prices. Yeah. I'm, not wor- I'm not going to sleep at night worrying about the food prices. Yeah. Well, I've got kids and I've got to worry because your worry is not going to change one thing. Your worry will never change one thing. The Bible says cares, the cares of the world will not change anything. Yeah. Now, you're praying, you take an authority over a certain thing, will change some things. That's right. So I thank you, Heavenly Father. You always supply me no matter what. That's right. You're always taking care of me. That's right. Amen? Amen. Because it's important. Yeah. It's important. It's important that you become aware of these things. Amen? Good. Then he says the riches choke the word. Uh-huh. I want to stop right there because there's a lot of riches that distract people. You know, you, 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 you'll get all mixed up on things. You'll get distracted with your stuff. Well, I got a brand new boat. Well, where's Brother Billy? Oh, he's out, he's out, on, he's out on the fishing. He's out there fishing on Sunday. He'll get a brand new motorcycle. Where's he at? He's riding his motorcycle on the, he's riding his motorcycle all over. I mean, he's just saying, he says, you know, these are thorns. Riches, cares, riches. Pleasures of life are thorns. Well, I don't want to go to church. God knows I need to relax. He knows I work. Why does he always got to bug? Why does Pastor always got to bug me about my vacations? <laughs> Ain't nobody care about you taking a vacation. But God don't need you to take no nine months break from the Lord. I'm on vacation from the Lord. I'm on, we haven't seen you in church in months. Oh, I'm just on vacation from Jesus. <laughs> And I remember saying that years ago. I remember preaching that one years ago, and this person, I hadn't seen him in three months. I'm like, where happened? So-and-so. They came back, oh, I was on vacation. Where were you? They're in front of the house planting flowers. <laughs> I was just on vacation from Jesus. How can you be vacation from Jesus? And there's been times where we'd go on vacation. We'd go places, and we'd go to church. We'd find there was a church going on somewhere. And where, did, where was Pastor Marcus? We were in church. And... Yeah, we went to some uh, couple denominational churches and we're like, well, we would never go to church, but hey, let's just go there. And, and we were glad we did because we realized, man, we got it good. <laughs> you know? And here's the thing. As a believer, uh, you can't let the pleasures of life choke out the word. Yeah, come on. Cares, riches, pleasures of life. Yeah. What do they do? They bring no fruit to maturity. Right. Here's the thing. People think, Oh, you know what? God has prospered me so much. Uh-huh. Oh, look, I'm prosperous. God has taken care of me. I have so much. I've got cars. Oh, no, all you got is bills. A lot of you just got bills. <laughs> That's all you got. All you got is bills and insurance. That's all, and a lot of money to pay out. But if you have all that stuff, you have lots of pleasures. You got, I like what one pastor said. Boy, he just made me laugh. He 
He says, you know, you got Louis Vuittons, you got all these expensive cars, but you don't even have enough. And then you want to come up to church and ask pastor to pray for you because you can't even afford enough money to take care of your teeth. <laughs> I go, that is so true. You got all this money, but you got no money to tithe. You got all this stuff and you, you, can't, you can't even make a difference. You're not being fruitful. And yet God desires that you become fruitful. And what does fruitfulness look? The fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. Go back to Galatians. I'm not going to tell them, but go, if you want to know what the fruits are, go to Galatians chapter 5 right. and start reading about the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. And that's when, when you walk up into a tree, you expect to see pomegranates. Uh -huh. you, you walk up to an orange tree, you expect to see oranges. Yeah. You go up to an apple tree, apples. You go, you, you go up to a, 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 a walnut tree, what do you expect? Walnuts. Yeah. When you walk up to the Christian, you expect to see certain fruits right. on their lives. And there should be some fruitfulness on your life. In other words, you're not always lashing out. You're not always angry. Yeah. Well, I'm preaching real good. <laughs> At least I'm thinking I'm preaching real good. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Good word. But the good ground are they which are honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Mm. Good ground. Honest. Having a good heart. You know, if you're, if you're not producing that well, you're honest. Well, I'm not as fruitful as I need to be, but I'm going to be. Yeah. Good. You know, I just lied to you. I'm sorry I lied to you, but this is what the truth is. Um, you know, I know I'm not living the way I'm, but I'm getting there. I'm not, I'm not giving myself excuses, but I'm going to live an honest life. Please forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm not staying the same anymore. Yeah, good. That's, that's, and then and that's called a good heart. Yeah. That's having heard the word. You keep it. And when you keep it, you bring forth, and it brings forth patience. Fruit with patience. Yeah. Why do you need fruit with patience? Why do you need, because you don't grow fruit overnight. That's right. And many of us, they get frustrated. Because you're, you're not getting the results you want right away. I'm going to tell you something. It's going to take time to, get, to become fruitful the way you want to be fruitful. Right. It's going to take time. Yeah. But don't get upset with yourself because things didn't happen right away. Yeah. Don't, don't get upset because, oh, I didn't have apples yesterday. You just planted the tree. Yeah. And plus, it's not even in season. You will reap in your time, in your season. Yeah. You will reap. That's right. Because you, you've been honest. Amen. Don't, don't be so quick to quit. Too many people want to quit yeah. because they didn't get the results they wanted. Well, I don't look like Pastor Marcus. <laughs> come on, not every, come on, honey. Not everybody can be brown sugar. I'm just going to tell you. Just for, <laughs> for you at home, not everybody can be me. Here's the thing: as a believer, we're not we're not we're not called to be like other folks. Right. We're called to be imitators of Christ. Imitator by scripture even says to be imitators of God. Yeah, well, I've never seen God. Well, you know how to be a person of faith. You've seen Jesus. You've seen his example. Right. So you have some answers. You've got an idea. Right. It's not impossible. It's very possible. All it takes is a change of heart. Good. Say it. All it takes, All it takes is a change of heart. I will be consistent. I will be successful. And that's where your success comes from. Being successful. It's, no long, it's being honest with yourself that you do need change. Yeah. I, I, I know you got the reason why you're all here, because you want change. Yeah. You all don't want to stay the same. Yeah. 
Come on, we, we, didn't, we didn't come to church to stay the same. We came to church because we wanted some difference. Now, I want to say this. Don't play any music yet. I want to say this because it's important. So that's why it's so important to have a relationship with Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? That's why it's so important to have a relationship with Jesus. It's important because not only is it important that you have a relationship with Jesus, but to make sure that you're born again. It's, an, it's important to, 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 to have a heart that's right in right position with the Lord so that your spirit man can help direct your life to what is right and what's wrong. Because of time, you know, there's another portion of scripture that, that I wanted to get into that we didn't have a chance to get into. But it leads and directs your life every day. And it lives on the inside of you. And, it, and it's wanting to work a work on the inside of you. But you've got to allow him to let it to work that, to, 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 for him to work that work on the inside of you. And you can't work a work on the inside unless you give your heart to the Lord. You can't halfway give the Lord your heart. Sort of like being, sort of like being in a relationship. I don't want to be in a relationship, but I don't really want to be committed to you. Nobody would ever find that as acceptable. You know, we, what are we looking? We want covenant. We, we want a relationship where there's covenant between me and her. That's why there's rings on her hands. And, and as long as I'm in, not, in fellowship with her and I'm not violating that covenant, we're in good standing. And that's why it's so important to protect that, that covenant. That's why it's so important to protect that relationship with you and the Lord. Now, if you've never asked Jesus to be in your heart, now's the day to do it. Because you need to have Jesus in your heart. But more importantly, you need to have fellowship on a regular daily business, uh, business on business hours. You, know, you really need to have a, a constant relationship with the Lord 24-7. Where you're talking with Him. Where you're staying sensitive to Him. Because He's always there talking to you. And if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, I want to invite you this morning to receive Jesus.